Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another season of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back, even though it wasn't the longest of pre-season breaks. But yeah, good to be back and looking forward to chatting about the beloved Gooners again. Yeah, a lot has happened over the past three weeks. I mean, besides now, we need the FA Cup on, in the start of the month. We've already had now just about two signings done already with William uh, joining from Chelsea on a free transfer. And I think after this whole quarantine thing with regards to Gabriel, uh, he'll be joining up soon. But I think it's since it's the, the, the whole F- France-England thing, uh, players that come from France to join up in England will have to have a compulsory two-week quarantine period. So, I mean, it's going to be a while before we still see him. But hopefully, you know, before the season even starts. So, like, are they, is the medical and everything done already? Or, or how is this working? Are they first needing to wait till he isolates for the two-week period and then does the medical? No, no, no. The medical and everything is done. The paperwork is also done with regards to the contract and, and his fee and everything and, the, and his salary. But it's not just that... Because uh, even Thiago Silva also, he's not joined Chelsea today. And he will also have to sit out at like the uh, 14-day period before he can uh, join up with the team. But I, I'm sure the club, the, you know, the respective clubs are also going to be um, having the players also, you know, get in some sort of fitness again. Uh, uh, you know, because look, the, the Premier League season already starts on the 12th. So, you know, it, it's going to be already, you know, where the players should be available for selection then already. Do you think we missed the trick not trying to bring Thiago Silva in, or do you think it's just, you know, retirement, another retirement package if we brought him in so late in his career? My take is, I mean, I've been telling people, I've been, like, I talked to someone on Facebook with regards to transfers. I think, it, in a way, it is a risk for Chelsea because, look, he's 35. He's coming into a league that that's, I mean, you know for a fact if you're going to come up against forward like, uh, let's just say uh, Jamie Vardy. That guy is going to clatter you for the most of the game, and <laughs> and you get also you know people like uh, Raúl Jiménez is still there. Aubameyang could even give you the run around if he you know if if you give him that bit of space. So I think he's in for a tough time because and Aguero, don't forget Aguero as well, and like those guys at City Sterling running at you. Because not that much. I mean, look, we both have now been watching bits of of. PSG in, in, in the Champions League yeah. and um, also at times in Liga. But I just think if, if he's really put under pressure and he does not maybe have a, an able partner next to him, uh, I think he could be, you know, really caught at... I mean, especially you, you saw in the, the forwards in the Premier League or even the wingers, they love, you know, doing that little... Where they draw you out of position or your partner out of position so that they can just focus on you. So I think he could be in for a torrid time. But I mean, from what I've seen uh, with with uh, Gabriel, I'm actually also excited again with him. We, you know, this is somebody that we can also, besides Saliba, you can actually start building or so, sort of see the Arteta plan of building the foundation that you and I have been talking about constantly this past season. Yeah, it, I mean, the back lines, I think with Bellerin, TNE and like the two of them, I think, you know, obviously we haven't seen him play, you know, at the competitive level yet, but, you know, it could be something for the future. Yeah, and then, of course, the Aubameyang contract still needs to somehow be finalised. Everybody is now, you know, quite positive from the player to his family or, you know, his agents. 
as well as Arteta and them, they all sound positive, but I don't know, they still, I don't know if they want to do everything in one go, you know, to um, make it like some sort of, you know, real big uh, event. Or are, are we kind of bracing for whatever happens at Barcelona again? Because look, we already knew Aubameyang has been, you know, uh, uh, Barcelona have been keeping like an eye on him when, when there was like this whole dilemma, because look, they will be losing Suarez because he's also been told that he can't find other club if he needs to. Yeah, you you got to wonder as well. You know, um, do you think Arsenal should go in for a swap deal, or do you think Suarez wouldn't, you know, come to Arsenal? And also another thing is, you look at Barcelona's team right now, and yes, they were once the best in the world. But do you really think that should you know Messi and Suarez leave? Would you want to be playing in the Barcelona side right now, relative to Arsenal? I know Barcelona is the best in the world, but you know if you look at the two, almost Arsenal's on a kind of let's you know touch wood on an upward trajectory right now. You know we can't go any lower from where we are now, and I think Barca losing Messi, losing Suarez. You know you look at that team now, and suddenly they don't seem as frightening. Yeah, because I think maybe there's too much look. With especially them, I mean, I know it's an Arsenal podcast, but we now just touching on other club now. But I just think there's, there's too much politics involved there in, in, you know, especially among the the top two in, in Spain because you saw how things get, you know, almost like if you vote for me, I will bring in this this X X X player, and then the other you you know your rival will even come up with I'm going to bring so and so a player, and I'm going to still give people like contract extension so. It becomes all boardroom, you know, scrap, uh, scrap for 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 power at the club. But that being said, Arsenal also lots of things been shaken around also in this past three weeks that we were now off air. Uh, Raúl Salné been sacked. Um, I mean, I still think it was. I mean, of course, some people say it's still part of the Arsenal restructuring, but I also think Arsenal also thinking down the lines of. You know, you there's too many, much, many, many things where uh, his hand is always in, in, you know, involved in the deal, like with his agent mates, and and I think now with uh, with Vinay taking over solely, I think it now leaves now the, the the onus on Edu and Arteta to deal with transfers. And I mean, so far, I mean, that's not bad what we've seen so far. I mean, there's possible there's possibilities that there are still things to come, but I think it's also now. We've gotten to a point also now where we need to start also getting rid of players now. Yes, I agree hundred percent with you there. You know, you don't want a whole batch of players, then some people's gonna cause unhappiness and you force them maybe play players here and here there because you're obviously yeah. paying them as well because you know you want them to just sit on the bench the entire time. Like for me, you know, I don't see any way coming back, but Urzel, I mean that pay packet is on and you're not playing, contributing anything, you know, that he, he needs to go. You know, he's been, you know, a lot of people say he's been loyal to the club, you know, unlike Van Persie and, you know, Sanchez, all of those guys who left. But, I mean, if you're not doing anything, you know, you could bring in another top talent player, you know, even someone that's 24, 25, and pay them that because right now it's just ludicrous that somebody's earning that much and doing nothing. Almost like Bale at Tottenham, I mean, at Real Madrid. Because I mean, if you bring in say somebody like um, that hour of of um, Lyon, you at least can still say okay, for probably even a quarter of that salary, you're already giving him a, a bigger bump in salary than what he's earning at Lyon. 
And and I think that is where you can really start, even like if you take that, that little bumper packet that Ozil has, you can actually work around with, okay, say, say somebody, uh, okay, Saka's got now contract extension, but if you see, say another p- play that's now, you know, really um, needs to be credited with something like a, a nice uh, bonus or a, a bump in pay, then you can't do it with that money even, where you're not even touching, say, the transfer budget. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely one. And then, obviously, your defenders right now, I mean, we just have uh, too many, in, especially vying for that centre-back role. So, hopefully, we'll clear out there at the back. I mean, look, there was now rumours about um, Callum Chambers wanted by Fulham, like, if he returns, because, look, he, he actually fitted quite well in by them because he even played, like, holding midfielder for them as well, like, when he was uh, doing a loan spell there. And then Rob Holding's been a kind of target for Leeds United since they want also pass the defence now being in the Premier League. Uh, Socrates and Mustafi, since we now kind of snatched uh, Gabriel from their grasp, <clears throat> Mustafi, uh, I think, and especially with Koulibaly, also probably going to be on the move at Napoli. So they're also looking now for maybe, you know, to just pulse, even if it's just like just a squad uh, defender. So they're also looking for defend, uh, you know, defenders to plug in their the squad. So I think, as you said, now we need to start, you know, doing some sort of reshuffling because, look, if you think of it, after um, tomorrow's community shield, you've got something like what fourteen or whatever days before everything kicks off when we uh, visit Craven Cottage. Yeah, and you know, hopefully we can start on a positive note with with, with tomorrow's game against Liverpool. I'm sure. You know, hopefully the Gunners will be ready to go. And, you know, I don't know if they always... I'm always unsure if they count this as silverware, winning the Community Shield, or if it's just, you know, uh, glorified friendly, as they call it. Yeah, like, just back to, you know, club news at the moment. That was with Danny Ceballos. That is also really in the air, because at the moment you've seen this conflicting report. Some are saying that... He wants Real Madrid to kind of listen to an offer that Real Betis are making because that's almost like his hometown club. And on the other end, the other reports I've been hearing is like he's quite happy in London. He finds it almost like a second home. So I'm like he's also like pushing for the, the loan move there. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what really to believe because both sides, like both stories were coming like from, you know, what, what are normally reliable sources. So I don't know how the, you know, the balance is going to fit now in there. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pity if he does decide, you know, to go to Real Betis. But you like you know, as a, from a career point of view, and not not to speak down on Real Betis, but Arsenal are the club. You know, you know, you want to be at Arsenal, especially now in the space we you know winning a trophy and possibly fighting to get back into the Champions League. Area. No disrespect to Real Betis, you know, you don't see them doing that before Arsenal touch wood. But yeah. <laughs> Also enjoy his, um, you know, when, when your team, like we discussed it also, you know, when we're doing the player ratings, uh, where what we found very positive of him is like when your team is like you're on the back foot and you need some sort of breather, it's not like you want to give him the ball and let him kind of win you time to have, you know, some sort of territory, you know, or hold some uh, position with the ball. Yeah, it's good composure, especially sometimes in a team of Arsenal players that sometimes just hack the ball into no man's land. So, yeah, just just hope that we can somehow secure him to stay permanently at the Emirates because, you know, if we lose him, 
suddenly you need another midfielder that can do that job. And, you know, we're really running short of a sentiment in that type of mold at Arsenal. Yeah. Then in other news, also Fred Lundberg has uh, resigned. Um, he's decided to, you know, go on his own, try to venture in, into football management, you know, to, uh, like for his first main job. You know, almost like something where that's more permanent. Because I also, I think we are, I really felt in a way sad for him. It was like when Arteta joined and brought his entourage, like of coaching staff. It's not like Freddie went one minute from sitting, you know, in that coaching area on the on in the dugout to sitting in the stands and almost like having to be almost like the eyes and ears to, or, or actually the eyes to watch the game. So he wasn't like, you know, really getting in the mix. Yeah. Right? With the players, and I think that is also like we kind of felt also left out, and I think it's probably also the way you know Steve Bold felt when when Una Emery came in and brought these people in, and all of a sudden Steve Bold went from you know sitting along uh, alongside Wenger to you know just kind of you know carrying poles around and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to be insulting, you know, but I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You know, you go from, you know, making, being part of decision-making to just, you know, putting the cones out and stuff. It's not a nice feeling and you've got the respect. <laughs> yeah, so in other news also, uh, Arsenal also on the verge of hiring uh, a Brentford's uh, set-piece coach, which I think is going to be, you know, I uh, love a bonus because if you think not only okay at times Pepe Pepe's corners can put people under pressure and I mean we did score quite a, a few goals from set pieces but we at times also don't know how to defend from set pieces and I think this is where this uh, that guy is going to be a you know a big big bonus for us. Yeah, I I don't know much about him but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see like how the improvement in the set pieces will. Um, as we go along, because that is something where our yeah. conversion rate hasn't been as good as it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, how many times haven't we seen Colossinus ducking out of people <laughs> and attacking the ball, making us, you know, really infuriated? And then, um, last point of the news, like, you know, general news, uh, Arteta in the press conference yesterday, he actually said the doors are still open for Guendozi. Because he said everybody, you would actually like everybody to start on, like, like on a clean slate. So, I mean, I, you know, personally, as, as frustrated I was getting with him as well, with his behavior, I honestly hope that, you know, he grasps this opportunity to, to, you know, get himself back into contention again and to show, you know, what we all saw when he just joined the club. Let's, yeah, let's, let's hope that, that he can. Because he's a, he's a top talent and, you know, if, if Gwendozi... You know, you can click and, you know, puts his head down and works hard. You know, we can have another top player in addition to the squad. I mean, we're going to need every player, actually, this coming season to pull their weight with so many games coming our way. So, uh, we played a warm-up game in the middle of the week against uh, MK Dons. Uh, we're actually away to them. And we ran out 4-1 winners. Uh, the goals were scored by El Neni, Eden Ketia, uh, McGuinness and Nelson. A penalty, but the goal from MK Dons came from a Rob Holding own goal. I'm actually <laughs> fantastic. Quite, it was quite a powerful um, header, actually. Like it was, it was something that any any goal scoring header would have been proud of because I mean the keeper was beaten quite convincingly, <laughs> even though this is his own pole. 
was actually a nice also return to see Leno in goal also again. Because, you know, as always, just now watching Martin is, a person kind of forgot a bit about, you know, the way, or, you know, Leno's uh, contribution to the squad. And then... Yeah, think, yeah? Okay, no, you carry on, sorry. And another person that also really caught my eye, even though it was just like a little cameo in the second half, was McGinnis, the, the centre-back of Arsenal. I mean, he's 19 years old and I think something like six foot four. And I mean, look at their goal he scored, you know, had a bit of, you know, shades of Tony Adams. Yeah, uh, it's like we've, we've, we haven't had a centre-back that, you know, uh, could rise like that in the box. And, like, you know, if he, you know, he hasn't really been, you haven't at least seen the full extent of him. But, I mean, you know, if he comes up and he can be a player and you have someone like that in the box who's a presence, you know, can work on both sides of the field for Arsenal. But I think Arsenal also now want to get into a stage now where we actually also want to start... Um, you know, something promoting from within our under-23 side. Because I think where it really stood out for me, you know, where we should go back down that path in a way as well, is when you you know you look at that, that Bayern Munich squad that, that won other Champions League, and, you you know, you got people like Thomas Muller that, that grew within that, that squad. You've got Kimmich that also, you know, really developed in that, that youth, and then and, and, uh, Alaba as well. And it's actually scary when you think, these guys can carry themselves into, you know, with a club they don't have to worry like for like, you know seven to ten years even before getting replacements. Yeah, and, and then I hope we go that. I mean, if you look at soccer, you know, top talent. Yeah. You look at Martinelli, top talent. I mean, even Tierney, he's not homegrown, but he's just someone. I mean, if Joe Warlock can also pull up his socks, you have a lot of guys that can do a job. Yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting to see. Uh, Warlock being, you know, used as an experiment in the game against uh, MK Dons, where he was, you know, playing as a right back for about 25 or 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I didn't. How did that go? Because I obviously didn't get to see the full extent of the game. I just saw the highlights. But yeah, how, how did he do in that role? He was actually doing quite well because he played alongside one of these. It's also one of the under-23 um, midfielders, I think his name is Daniel Ballard or something like that. And he's, you know, quite, quite a robust holding mid. And he was, uh, you know, when, whenever Wollock would burst forward, he would slot into the right-back role. And when, uh, you know, Wollock has to then come back into the right-back position, then he would again go back into his natural either holding midfield or spread himself as one of the centre mids in, in, the, in the middle of the park. Uh, so, uh, it's good that we can have such a Mr. Versatility, especially you know, with the possibility of Ainsley Maitland Niles possibly departing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a shame. I mean, when you look at it, also the kind of insulting fee that they first came up with uh, to offer for somebody that's that versatile, I mean, 15 million pounds, that's like a slap in the face. Yeah, I mean, this guy can do a job and a solid job that is. I mean, I know sometimes he lacked a bit of awareness, but. It seemed like he started coming into his position at Arsenal quite nicely on the was it the right wing back side. I mean, you saw him play in the FA Cup final. Oh, sorry, right left. He's a left wing back. Yes, left wing back. He was playing with Tierney. He was playing with Tierney, and it seemed like he was doing a good job on that side of the field. But I mean, I just find it a bit stubborn of him because look, when we've seen him playing in that holding midfield role that he wants to be in. That way we were talking about uh, that lacking awareness. You know, people were constantly peeling off him. And yet when he plays as a, a right back, a right wing back, or left back, left wing back, he looks really on the money. 
Yeah, he, he he does. And I mean, you know, it's just about listening to the coach. I mean, they see was best. And you've seen as well how he gets the ball nipped off him as well. And then they score from a counter or something like that. So, yeah. you know, maybe try improving on that, you know, long term. But I mean, you're at Arsenal Football Club. you in the coach's plans. You clearly played in the biggest game for the club. You know, and in the semi-final as well, the coach trusted you, which is a lot about you as a player. I mean, he should just stay and, you know, develop and see where he can go from here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what boggled the mind, really, when you think he's thought of so highly by Arteta that, and it still comes like not enough for him. So, I mean, I, 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 with regards to money-wise, I think we should only let him go if we get something over 25 million. I, I mean, I would not go anything under that, sorry. Because, you know, they, uh, like Spurs are now, uh, I think, buying Doherty or that, that deal looks about ah, just over the line. Best for Arsenal. Yeah, so I just think we need to somehow uh, find it either. You know, with that money can also be thrown back and invested into the squad, uh, squad again to get either replacement or I don't know, maybe Arteta has something up his sleeve. That's why he was doing those little experiments also in, in that the warm-up game now with the right-back story. Because I mean, yeah, see, I... first half, and then second half, that was when that, that, that right-back position got switched out constantly. Yeah, it's interesting. Arteta doesn't you know, keep things stagnant and stale, so it'll be good to see you know, what he has up his sleeve. Yeah. So now we switch our attention to the Arsenal-Liverpool Community Shield tie. The, you know, Arsenal, the curtain raiser to the new season versus the Premier League champions. It's going to be, a, I mean, I still think it's going to be a good test. I think both teams probably, you know, going to go with a mix of youth and experience, uh, like for both halves, probably. And I think Arsenal, the only, you know, kind of big name players that we do have out is Mustafi, Marie, Martinelli and Chambers. That's not all long-term stuff, but every, I think everybody else should be available. Yeah, it's going to be a... Uh, I'm looking forward to the game. You know, there's, there's no nerves. There's no... Um, you know, we have to win the game. Obviously, it's nice to pick up the first trophy of the season. But, um, yeah, it's, you're just going to go there, watch, and just see, you know... I know it's been two weeks since the last game, or three weeks since the last game, so you go and say, this, you know, oh, the team hasn't improved much. So it's going to just be interesting to see what Arteta... Um, had done with the team, you know, is there new tactics that they're going to do and, you know, new, how they're going to set up as well? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to also, yeah, like you watch it probably way more relaxed than I was saying the FA Cup final. But I, I'm just looking for a good football match where, you know, it's not a 2KG where everybody, you know, it's really going to give a, a good, uh, you know, throw the dice for this game because, I think it was with uh, Liverpool. They played Salzburg also middle of the week. They yeah. do two anything. They were two 0 down at one point, and there's also serious doubts about um, Virgil van Dijk because he had quite a bad head injury. Because I think he was like you know had blood blood gushing at a cut in his head. So I don't know if he's gonna play. And I think they they do also have a lot of question question marks over some players because. Um, I think Oxford Chamberlain is a thing about him. Um, Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander Arnold as, as well, is some sort of thing with him. And then I think three other players, not like not that big name players, but I think more of the squad players. But I think Klopp will also not want to, you know, risk too much and probably try also, you know, pushing more of the kids in. 
Yeah, I think it's just the. I mean, it would be nice to, like I said, win. But you know, there's there's like a lot you can work on, and then a lot that you can also take heart from the you know other season. Not all pan out, but you know how everything's gonna be lined up for the for the season ahead. Where Atletas is going to play where, and you know the his probably formation. I wonder if he's gonna go back to that. Was it the three? Was it the three four three? Or if is he going to shake that up a bit? Because I mean, Danny Ceballos if he leaves as well, you know. Does that also mean a, a change in formation or so? Because I, mean, I just hope there's also some sort of clarity after the, the Liverpool game. Because, look, we should also know if um, Ceballos can get actually penned into the squad for, uh, you know, uh, pre-season training or, you know, that they yeah. before the league starts. So, um, do you have any other talking points before we wrap up this short podcast? Just, you know, before the season, I don't know if they want to leave this question for when the season kicks off or if we... Can just like you know your thoughts on this now. You know what what do you be classifying this season now as a successful season, or what is your aims and targets? I mean, I would like us to somehow get close to the top four again. You know, maybe scrap it out, but like you know, between third, fourth, fourth, like that. Because I, I really think that that um, in the eighth was really like a, not only a reality check, but it felt like a kick in the stomach. And I think for a club like Arsenal's quality. We do need to be, you know, way higher up. And I think, for me, it's also going to show me that, that you know, they are really serious about the sort of project that Arteta is planning. Because, look, to get uh, um, Aubameyang even to sign, they had to also tell him about certain things that they, they plan yeah. on doing. Squad. And for him, because uh, look, for him, it wasn't the, uh, just the money. Because uh, this is also another thing that I want to know, throw in the mix now. That thing with Gabriel, that signing of him from Lille. Yeah. Joined Napoli and Man United because the offers were even way bigger than um, than what we were offering. But they said Edu spoke to him. Arteta also had a one-on-one with him, and they told him about what the project was with the you know with the, the building of the squad. And I think he's probably going to be part of that pinnacle with Saliba, where the whole team is going to be built around that, you know, and 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 built up to some sort of greatness again to get us where we should be. So. I'm I'm really you know of course I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be too skeptical I'm gonna be quite positive I mean to be honest so I I say you know get back into the top four again and that you know a real solid run in the Europa League again yeah I I, I can't disagree with that even if it means going all the way and even like we be going all the way plus getting uh, top four it we are a super super bonus but for me as I said fighting for third fourth fourth first like kind of baby steps. And then a, a solid run where, you know, we're not mucking about really in in, in, um, in the Europa League. We, we really show that, you know, we want to win this trophy. Yeah, like, you know, if we had to murder a Man United season, kind of, without even a trophy, I would be slightly happy. You know, semi-finals in competitions, you know, whatever happens from there, happens from there. And, you know, they're top four finish and, you know, like, we, we'll probably be smiling. But, you know, and as well, like, before we now end off, what I... You know, we used to have a chuckle about it when we were now sitting pretty in the in the in the Champions League. But you know, now with us now <laughs> playing now a good a good few seasons now in the Europa League, I think what is, what's really frustrating to me is when the teams that are third in the, in the group stage of the Champions League are dropping down into the yes. Europa League. Now it's kind of making like you you as a as a as an Arsenal fan or even like a football fan that's you know scrapping for uh, you know top football again. Now you actually see or you get that reality check then that it's, it's, it's kind of unfair. Where it's like yeah. even 
something like set up for you to get yourself, you know, all the way to the final. Yeah, and, and it's these teams that, you know, end up winning the Europa League. Most of the time, they're already kind of in the top four in their current in their current league. Yeah, it's yeah. just they were unlucky with a group they were maybe placed in, which dropped them down to, you know, the third place. Like, perfect example was Inter Milan placed yeah. with Dortmund and um, with Barcelona, I think. Yeah. So, so, we'll end off with that now. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get some solo way to start of our season. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend and enjoy the game.